Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Monday, March 22nd, 2021. I'm your host, Blessing Adioya Jr. Joining me is Tim Ma Fucking Gettys. What is up, Bless? Look at the PlayStation art behind you. Your room is coming yeah, together. Man. I am loving that. I don't know how new that is, but I don't think I've seen it yet. But yeah, no, it's been a while since we've hosted sure. since we've hosted together. Yeah, this is a, about a couple weeks old. I got the blackout curtains, and so my my room is now fully colored. Oh you yeah, gotta love it. Oh yeah, you gotta it's appreciate good. it. It's coming together. Tim, how- how does it feel to be a, a the owner of a championship football team? Oh, it feels unbelievably we cool, it, man. We All of my, my friends are texting it. me. I got multiple group threads like, what the fuck? Like, the weird thing Tim was talking about, we saw at ESPN that they won. And I'm like, yeah, motherfuckers. Nick's face is on the helmet of a championship winning team. What a weekend, Bless. So many ups, Dude. so many downs, so many twists and turns. It's been insane. This 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 last one was the one where I was like, fuck, I should have been invested in this from the beginning because I legitimately like Saturday was just a tired day for me. I slept all day. I was like, I need to recharge. Uh-huh. Took a nap, woke up from the nap, looked at my phone and everything was happening. Like oh, yeah. every, people were celebrating. We had won. Quavo was cussing out Greg Miller for some reason. Yo, like it was all going down. Three Migos saying, fuck you, Greg Miller. We got Snowbike Mike auditioning to be the fourth Migo. Like this oh, is crazy, God. man. This Could you imagine Snowbike Mike in the background with Migos son? Migos, Migos song doing, <laughs> I be, doing ad libs? Yes, I definitely God. can, dude. I love it. You know what else I love? Bless. Is every once in a while, you'll send a TikTok video to Slack on, on our random channel. And uh, this weekend, you sent one that got me feeling a whole bunch of type of ways. All right. It was right. a TikTok of a guy reviewing spicy chicken sandwiches from Kevin, all the major can fast we bring this food up? chains. We got to do a live watch. I, of this. I don't know. We just had a conversation. Can we bring this up? Yes, this is fine. This this specifically uh, isn't copyrighted. This is just a tic- this is just right, TikTok. This will be fine. Yeah. Because here's the thing. The, the chicken sandwich conversation has been a running conversation on KFGD. It started with me and Imran. Oh boy, this is <laughs> Okay, okay, stop it. <laughs> Let's not watch it. Wait. I can't. I love that it started. Who has the best spicy chicken sandwich? Like, it sounded like some nasty fucking. Yeah, no, for for like some reason, and I'm not sure why, it was pausing and playing, pausing and playing over and over again. It's fine. It's fine. We, we don't need to watch it. The, okay. the crux of the matter it is fixed. that he it's fixed now. very quickly goes through all the different. Uh, spicy chicken sandwiches at different places and and reviews them out of 10 and i was right there with him the entire way where he's just like the mcdonald's one not good the wendy's yeah. one not okay, good hold on. jack not in the box different. not he gave it a, he gave the mcdonald's one a seven out of ten okay all right but it's yeah, like, 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 seven's actually which, a little which, generous i would say the mcdonald's one is a seven i agree i agree wholeheartedly it's not even eating a lot of that one i don't know yeah i think it's i think it's a solid six but it's like a consistent six that i go to way more than i should you know so Okay, go back to it, right? We got the the KFC one where they gave the, they went up, Popeyes way way up, and uh, then they came home and gave the Jollibee the ten out of ten. And yeah. I'm just sitting here like they had me till the end, y'all motherfuckers with Jollibee, Jollibee. I've been trying all to tell life. you. I've been there hundreds of times. That's not true. I've been there have, dozens of times, and every time I'm like, this place sucks. I hate have this you, place. Have you and, had the the spicy chicken sandwich? And that's my thing is I'm like I'm like bless. Oh, I can't trust this kid's taste. He's a fucking maniac. No goddamn so way. And then I was like, you know what? I've never had the spicy chicken sandwich. And bless, mm-hmm. I can tell you, it is oh a my fucking God. ten out of ten. That's I what got I've been it yesterday. saying. It changed my goddamn wait, life. Wait, I can't wait, believe wait. it, man. I can't believe it. Hold on, hold on. I've been trying to say this. It's the Jollibee chicken sandwich cannot be fucked with. It's better than Popeyes. No, the 
Popeyes and Jollibee. Ten out of both 10. of them. Both of both them, them are okay. fucking right. up there. Amazing. Anyway, let's Jollibee talk about some video games. Right. Yeah, let's talk about some video games. Enough about chicken sandwiches. Let's talk about PlayStation shutting down their older stores, Resident Evil's 25th anniversary, and more, because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosteeth.com, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily to be a part of the show to patreon.com slash kind of funny games or bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free with the exclusive daily post show housekeeping for you uh psl of you xoxo is recording later today remember if you're on patreon you can catch that live at noon otherwise you can catch that everywhere tuesday on youtube.com slash kind of funny games and on podcast services around the globe thank you to our patreon producers mick at the nanobiologist abramson blackjack and trent berry today we're brought to you by doordash and gabby but i'll tell you about that later for now let's begin with what is and forever will be the rope report it's time for some news we have a stack seven stories today Bears doesn't Jesus, that was starting bad. that was that was terrible. <laughs> that starting, was... <laughs> starting with our number one, uh, PS3, Vita, and PSP stores could be permanently closed in a few months. I'm pulling from Kirk McKeon at the gamer who broke this story. The PS3, PS Vita, and PlayStation Portable stores aren't long for this world. According to a source familiar with the situation verified by the gamer, the stores are due to be closed down from July. The announcement is planned for the end of this month. PSPs and PS3 stores are to, are to be closed July 2nd, my birthday, uh, while the PS Ooh. Vita store will be, what a birthday present, you're going to close the PSP and PS3 stores, while the PS Vita store will stay open until August 27th. <laughs> After those dates, you will no longer be able to purchase digital copies of games or DLC for any of the Sony consoles mentioned above. Tim, how does mm-hmm. this one sit with you? I mean, you know, there comes a time where this has to happen for all of these online stores for digital games and it's it's a sad thing especially when you start thinking about the preservation of game history and all of that um but you know the ps3 and uh, psp vita not long for this world in terms of those actually being realistically held up on the servers and especially being functional and all of that stuff so not a surprise it's always sad to see uh if anything it's just fun to see the playstation 3 logo because i haven't seen it in a long time so seeing it all over my twitter today i'm like wow they really went with the spider-man movie font yeah that was a choice they made yeah yeah i want to pull in this write-in from dcash wrote into patreon.com slash kind of funny games just like you can uh and says this hey blessing tim regarding the news of ps3 ps vita and psp storefronts being taken down when will people realize that the value of backwards compatibility goes beyond the idea of a small section of fans wanting to play old games It's also about preserving pieces of games history. While for PS1 and PS2 games, you could make the argument that there are still physical copies floating around, though good luck finding a disc of Parasite Eve these days, this (laughs) shutdown includes the generations where where we're no longer only able to talk about games. The PS3, Vita, and PSP libraries include games that only ever came to the platforms through digital storefronts. There is no buy the disc if you want to collect them. 
Cutting away the digital stores, uh, digital store removes the game from existence. And speaking as a game developer myself, it more importantly removes the potential to learn lessons from these games in the future. To Sony, please do the right thing and bring these libraries of fantastic games, games history, to the active generations of consoles. We know we know that at least the PS5 can handle the PS3 emulation. Wait, we know we know that at least the PS5 can handle the PS3 emulation, and there are many that would love to see these games live on in years to come. Thanks, Dcash. I don't know if the PS5 can handle the I, PS5 power wise can of course handle PS3 games, but I don't know if, if ter, in terms of like the PS3 architecture, if that's 100% true because that developing games on the PS3 is kind of weird. But nevertheless, I, I definitely hear you, Dcash, and I agree with the bulk of what Dcash has to say here. Like, I I look at this news through two different lens. Like there's the business lens, which I entirely get it, right? Where it costs money to maintain these stores. It costs money to to uh, have these legacy legacy games and legacy stores exist, right? And want to want to keep them up. For Sony, at this point, you're probably losing money on the PS3, Vita, and PSP stores. And so I understand getting to the point where you're like, all right, let's fucking sh- let's fucking shut this shit down. We don't need it anymore. Let's move on. Let's uh, continue to promote PS4 and PS5 and shift all our efforts there. The other lens, though, and I think this is the uh, the gaming audience slash preservation lens. I I find this to be a huge bummer, mainly because I think for what digital gaming is, you look at the PC and you look at how that ecosystem works, and that makes sense from the idea of why are these things segmented in this way. I understand that when you're making the PS3 and you're building up the PS3 store back then, you're probably like, cool. We're making this for what it is now. We're still in that place of evolving what online looks looks like for video games, or evolving what the uh, having a, an online store for a console looks like for video games. Uh, and so you're not able to be as forward thinking as you can be. But for the fact that we're in 2021 now, and it looks like we're going to be losing an entire catalog of video games, that that doesn't sit right with me. For me, that 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 is a huge bummer. I mean, it's definitely a huge bummer. I just think that the sad part is there's not a, there's definitely not an easy answer. And I don't know that there is an answer to this in terms of the preservation of all of these things, because even if they were to allow backwards compatibility or whatever it was, some type of emulation or anything on the PS5, it's not going to be the entire library. And at the end of the day, the, what's not going to make the cut? Probably the ones that had issues back then as well, like the games with, mm. that were delisted or the games that had licensing problems or soundtrack things where, oh, they can't even come over if they wanted to because the license is tied to the PS3 console, not the other consoles and, and all of that. So it's, it is interesting. I, I always go back and forth with my own preservation of, of my gaming history where I'm like, am I really going to start a physical game collection? And it's like I've kind of stopped myself from going crazy and buying or rebuying every game I've ever had uh, and gotten rid of and sold you know, when I traded in 50 games to get a copy of Star Wars Episode One Racer on the N64, which was a dumb decision. Um, but things like that, I feel I need to kind of pinpoint the games that mean something to me that I don't ever want to lose no matter what. And that's a personal thing. On the level of like the history side and on the level of the preservation, I do think that unfortunately a lot of games are going to be relegated to YouTube videos uh, as their preservation of people doing long plays and let's plays and kind of having to live vicariously through others to uh, be able to see things. And that's why I think that 
no clip and you know what daniel dwyer is doing uh in addition to so many amazing youtubers like scott the waz of course uh and and many others like him that are doing these kind of deep dive videos into the history of different sides of uh, the gaming industry it's going to be really important because that's how these things are going to live on this isn't unique to video games right like this how many seasons of tv shows were played on tv and never were released on uh dvd ever on a streaming platform ever and never will be you know mm-hmm. um it's just a sad thing that happens across industries and, and it sucks that it's going to happen, that it's happening to video games for the first time in a very real way. It's happened before a little bit here and there, but what we're talking about right now with the PS3 era, uh, that's the first real era of digital games, right? Like that didn't exist on the PlayStation 2. So there are games that are tied digitally to the PlayStation 3 store and all that stuff that they're just going to go away and you're not going to be able to get them again. And that didn't exist before. So this problem's only going to keep existing. But hopefully the ecosystem and foundation is going to be better every single time. So the preservation will be easier and better as things go on. And we'll be able to take our libraries with us, which was not the case here, but is the case from PS4 to PS5. So at least we're yes. taking steps. At least Sony's doing and, and Microsoft is doing an amazing job of this, of taking those steps forward, right? Yeah, that's my. That, I think that's my main issue here is that, you know, you talk, you you ask the question of what is the solution, and of course, I don't think any of the console manufacturers have a perfect solution. But out of all of them, Xbox is the one that is at least trying to do it. Right, mm-hmm. Xbox is doing the work to not only bring games from the Xbox generation and 360 generations forward, but also improve them, add things like FPS boost, do the upresing, do all do all that shit that makes those games not only available, but also better in so many instances. The fact that for PlayStation, there isn't a way to play PS3 games backwards compatible or have those games available on the store. Like they, they, they do one-off things here here and there. PS Now is a solution, but it's not a perfect solution. You have things like PS2 to PS4, right? And like so you have some PS2 games be available on the current consoles, but even that, it's not most PS2 games. It's not even like, it's not even a good amount of PS2 games. It is very mm-hmm. specific, like Rockstar games and then Dark Cloud and then some games here and there. It's not a, it's not an amazing selection of PS2 games. A counterpoint so, to that though is mm-hmm. that the Xbox, while incredibly far ahead of where PlayStation's at, it's not even near perfect. Like they offer so many games, but there are a ton of games that are not backwards compatible. And those are the games that we're talking about here that we're thinking of losing. A lot of the games that are backwards compatible there's not that fear of losing because they are the more license free or owned by the right people and have good relationships type games. But there's been a ton of instances where I'm like, Oh, it'd be cool if we streamed the old Tony Hawk games, for example. Uh, but they're not backwards compatible. You know, the, if I remember correctly, like the Prince of Persia games aren't backwards compatible. Like there's like a bunch of games and like big, big kind of gaps blind spots uh in the xbox backwards compatibility library which of course they're trying to do their best and they're doing what they can the problem is there's always going to be external factors that limit the entire preservation of game history and that is unfortunate and that's the thing that i don't know there's an actual solution to yeah it's at least one of those things though that when you look at the bright side of it you mentioned this before right that that we're getting to the place where that's becoming less and less of a problem especially especially now that we've we've gotten the ps5 and ps4 games are back backwards compatible you imagine that when we get future playstation consoles 
these games will continue to exist. Fingers crossed, <laughs> continue to exist on those consoles. I better be able to play PS4 games on the PS6. Um, <laughs> and with Xbox, you know, I think you, you can make the very easy assumption that they're going to continue to push that and make that mm. a thing that's available on their side. And so, you know, we're losing PS Vita, PSP, and in the PS3 stores. And with that, we, we're going we're gonna to lose the downloadable games. We're also going to lose DLC. But hopefully that yeah. is... Hopefully, hopefully this is the last one of the last times we see that happen uh, in terms of entire in, in terms of certain ecosystems getting wiped out. And we haven't we've, we haven't brought in the conversation with Nintendo. And we don't need to. That's a whole but, different different ball of wax. We're having this conversation. Also, but. I mean, isn't this like the the argument for like piracy? You know, like it has its place in keeping thing, ecosystems alive. like yeah. this. You know? Oh, yeah. I mean, hundred percent. Yeah. yeah, it's like that, and that's gonna be the case. But that's the thing is like there isn't a good solution but there are solutions you know what i mean there are workarounds here and there but like there aren't workarounds for everything and like there's a ton of systems that really struggle to this day with emulation not because like you were talking about the ps5 playing ps3 games even like crazy ass computers have trouble emulating uh the saturn the sega saturn for example and like i know there's been mega like huge strides in the last couple of years but or last decade i'm getting really old now but mm-hmm. um th- that was a, a, a troublesome platform to emulate right and even then, it's never going to be the exact experience, right? Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I I'm, I remember playing Project 64 a lot back in the day. And even through emulating N64 games, like, there are, pro- there are so many problems here and there of textures not loading in the right way because the, the way the N64 dealt with textures was really weird. And so you, you're, not, you're not going to have perfect solutions when it, com- uh, when it comes to piracy, but it is a, it is a solution. It, is a, it, mm-hmm. it, it, it does serve a purpose in that case. Yeah, totally, man. Tim, let's talk about mm-hmm. Capcom. Story let's number two, it. Capcom is celebrating Resident Evil's 25th anniversary. This, this comes from a blog post over on their website where they write, Wow, what a milestone. It's official. Resident <laughs> Evil is 25 wow. years old. Uh, that's old enough to rent a car without an additional fee. But more importantly, it's a huge landmark for our beloved survival horror franchise. Today is just the start of the celebration, too. We have lots to look forward to over the next few weeks. Here's, the, here's just a slice of what to expect. First up, we have a major announcement to kick things off. A new Resident Evil showcase will be dropping this April. We don't want to spoil any surprises, so we'll leave it we'll, we'll leave it to all we'll leave it to all of you to speculate on what the upcoming presentation might contain. Uh, and then they talk about the high octane action of Resident Evil Reverse. Uh, that's getting an open beta as well. If you missed the, the closed beta or simply want to know what the game is all about, this new open beta will be coming to PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Steam from April 7th to April 11th. Finally, they, they say we're, we're also happy to confirm that Resident Evil Village will be launching on Stadia day and date with other platforms on May 7th, 2021. Pre-orders are available now, so pre-order today and, and be ready to play the second the game launches. Tim, obviously we gotta start off, we got to start off with this Resident Evil showcase. What do you expect to show up there? Yeah, uh, there's three things I want to cover here, but start with the showcase. These motherfuckers are bold in 2021 say we don't want to spoil any surprises so we'll leave it to you all to speculate on what this upcoming presentation might contain do you know what you're asking for holy shit yeah like after all like the last two years of seeing like how people were trying to be more and more and more and more transparent to the point of saying every single thing they're going to talk about (laughs) to this be like nah man go wild with your theories holy shit like this is setting people up for disappointment or setting them up for Resident <laughs> Evil 4 Remake. Get hype, baby. Let's go. Do you think that's possible? Do you think we could potentially see Resident Evil 4 Remake? I entirely think it's possible. And I think that, you know, wording like this uh, means that it is possible. I'm not saying likely. I'm not saying that it's 
definitely going to be there. But I mean, they're talking about Village. They're talking about the the other projects here. There's some surprises they're talking about here mm-hmm. that they don't want spoiled. So now we're talking about a 25th anniversary, and we look at we look at Nintendo, right? And the way they they celebrated Mario's anniversary, they brought us. They gave us 3D All-Stars for uh, a, a limited moment in time, but they still gave us a, a 3D remaster of shit. Do you think we see that? Do we see, Do you think we see them go into their legacy and bring back old games? Uh, potentially, yeah. I mean, I, I definitely would not be surprised about that. Lanky Dragoon in the chat says, smash cut to Tim saying this, saying this to his disappointed react, saying that he's disappointed at the end of the showcase. And it's like, yeah. I will be disappointed if they don't have something that's surprising and worth hyping like this. That's how this hype cycle works. It's on them to set expectations correct. And when you're setting them this high, you better be coming with the goods. Now, how do you celebrate Resident Evil's 25th anniversary? I mean, this all would be a a great way to do it, right? Village Mm -hmm. looks fantastic so far. We're about a month and a half away from this game coming out, Bless. That's really exciting. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. Like, like we're we're starting to gear up. You know, the early 2021 hasn't been like firing on all cylinders for game releases. So this is one of the first major releases of the year, and uh, we're getting pretty close to it. So you know, a, a first or a new core entry in the franchise, great way to celebrate the anniversary. But on top of that, you know, reverse and things like that. Take it or leave it. It is what it is. We all understand. Uh, that's just <laughs> trying to make money here and there with the the IP. Cool. But yeah, if they can come with some surprises, if they can come with uh, re4 or something like that that'd be huge but on top of that um ign i saw uh uh, did a a video interview with the director of the new resident evil movie coming out later this year and everyone should watch it it's awesome and it gave a lot of really cool info on the movie so it's coming out in september this year it's called resident evil welcome to raccoon city and all of this so far i'm like all right this sounds pretty cool the director was talking about how the sets were almost a one-for-one recreation of the mansion and raccoon city and police station from re1 and 2 and it's them kind of telling a version of the story of the two games and i'm like and has nothing to do with the other re movies and i'm like hey this is actually sounded pretty dope and he was saying that um some of the camera angles are actually going to be like isometric in the movie Mm -hmm. that's awesome it's pretty dope so add all that stuff together yeah if that's good obviously there's always the caveat of it's, it needs to be good but if they do all those things that's a great way to celebrate an anniversary for an ip as beloved as resident evil yeah i'm looking forward to see what shows up the, at, at the showcase i have no expectations right because i'm not like i i am not an re <clears throat> expert you know like tim and like emron are uh and so i'm i'm just sitting here ready for them to show me what they're not an expert <laughs> enthusiast yeah uh but i i I do i do find it fun that they that they uh made it a bullet point to announce that that resident evil village is launching on stadia day and date uh you know i still got my eyes peeled to see what stadia continues to to be and evolve into i don't think this i don't think this speaks hope for stadia at all but i think it's fun that developer or that big publishers big publishers are still still shouting out the fact that their games are coming to stadia i know we'll see what that's going to be good for them Good Back from them. the dead, just like a zombie. Story number three, Marvel's Avengers sees five times player increase after Hawkeye's releases from Paul Tassie at Forbes. With the release of Hawkeye and Marvel's Avengers, only the second new hero after six months in the wake of a myriad of delays, I wondered if, this, if his arrival had marked an increase in the player count in any meaningful capacity. Checking Steam charts, really the only way to track this after I, after I was reminded to, 
after I was reminded to you by SkillUp, I have to say that yes, Hawkeye has indeed brought players back to the game. There's actually a four to five times increase in players post Hawkeye, though that comes with a caveat. The increase is a peak of about 500 to 550 daily players to 2,500 to 2,600 daily players. So in short, the game has gone from dangerously low it's still pretty low. For context, games as a service rivals on Steam that are more established like Warframe and Destiny peaked at 74,000 and 71,000, respectively, the past few days. Even if Avengers is a newer game, it's a massive IP made by a talented studio and a huge publisher, so these numbers are still not good. I would imagine that these increases are probably higher on console, the main platform for the game, and one that just underwent a full next-gen upgrade on PS5 and Xbox Series X, though we don't have actual figures there. Tim, yeah. does this strike any hope in you at all for Marvel's Avengers and the futures, future of it? Uh, this not necessarily, but I do think that it's a positive sign, and I think that Paul's making a lot of good points here about these numbers are just the PC numbers, which definitely is not the main home of this game right and especially the you know this isn't the next gen upgrade on pc pc already kind of had that this is specifically because of the hawkeye hype right yeah hype for hawkeye i can't imagine is that high so it getting a five times and granted the number's not that big but a 2000 player increase because of hawkeye on pc is a pretty good sign that what's that mean for consoles where there's next gen upgrades right where that is the more exciting part and hawkeye's there as well and i can imagine that more people kind of came in the problem is are they going to keep those people how are they going to keep those people is there enough content there now and is that roadmap exciting enough and in their face enough and explain to them enough to keep them interested in this game that's the bigger question and i think that they obviously have an uphill battle right now but i don't think it's impossible for them to overcome maintaining a higher peak than they were at i don't think mm -hmm. adventures is ever going to hit a massive high where we're talking about these 74k numbers like destiny and warframe uh but it doesn't necessarily need to to be enjoyed by a lot of people but it does need to to be a massive hit yeah to square to just justify its own existence yeah yeah i i think at the very least this speaks hope to the more you add in you add in exciting stuff the more you can kind of build and bring people in i think it is going to be, be be a combination of doing these doing this and doing what you just said which is maintaining and, and building reasons for people to keep on playing because yeah like a five times increase <clears throat> is good um how do you keep those people in and then also down the line when you do add in things like uh wakanda and black panther right you imagine that brings in way more people than a hawkeye does oh yeah. what then happens when you bring in spider-man and playstation what then happens when you bring in whoever else is the big big pull for your future roadmap you know like you're gonna have they're in a they're in a good place that in that they are still marvel's avengers which is a huge ip that people are a fan of and so if you're able you as as crystal dynamics with this game you have a lot of opportunities to build in hype moments and it's kind of what you do with them at this point. It's, it's what mm -hmm. you do with those hype moments. It's how, it's how you follow up. It's how you continue to build and create reasons for people to stick around and have fun. Yeah. Uh, and so, like, I, I downloaded Marvel's Avengers for PS5. I'm excited to check it out. I have no expectation that this game is going to keep me in. I'm thinking about doing it. So, like, Mike, if you happen to be listening, I'm thinking about playing this game on Thursday for my uh, for my stream day, so I can check it out there. But I have no expectation that it's going to keep me in because I'm not I'm not seen enough to convince me that that the game is where I want it to be at personally to be to to feel invested and want to keep going. But if down the line they figure that out, if down the line we get that black we get Black Panther and he is this awesome thing and they have figured out that loop, then I think they'll have a decent road ahead of them. <laughs> 
decent. Let's go to sto- story number four. Story number four is some tech news. Tim, are you ready for it? Oh, let's get techy. A shortage in computer chips has reached a crisis point. This is Mark Sweeney at The Guardian. Consumers are facing price rises and shortages of products from TVs and mobile phones to cars and game consoles as a global shortage in semiconductors grows. The shortage in chips, the brain within every electronic device in the world, has been steadily worsening since the last year. Initially, the problem was only a temporary delay in supplies as factories shut down when the coronavirus pandemic first hit. However, although production is back to normal, a new surge in demand driven by changing habits fueled by the pandemic means that it's not means that it's now reaching a crisis point. Car manufacturers investing in tech-heavy electric vehicles, the boom in in sales of TVs and home computers, and the launch of new games consoles and 5G-enabled mobile phones have, have all driven demand. Even the mighty Apple, a $2 trillion company and the world's biggest buyer of semiconductors spending $58 58 billion dollars annually was forced to delay the the launch of the much-hyped iphone 12 by two months last year due to the shortage last month sony which along with other other console makers has struggled with stock shortages over the last year said it might not hit sales targets for the new ps5 this year because of the semiconductor supply issue microsoft's xbox has said it forecast supply issues continuing at least until the second half of the year the chip shortage looks looks set to persist for some time yet. It can take up to two years to get complex semiconductor production factories up and running, and manufacturers are in the process of significantly raising prices for the second time in less than a year. Tim, I don't know. Where, where can we start with this one? Do we start with the fact that we're probably not going to see, see next-gen consoles be replenished for some time these things are gonna be hard to hard to get our hands on yeah man it's a bummer you know it's the reality of the world we're in right now and it definitely sucks and uh it's it's unfortunate that the start of this next gen is gonna kind of take a little bit to get off the starting block uh when it comes to to games being made from the ground up for the consoles and you know just kind of really kicking into gear uh but we're already seeing it games are getting delayed left and right uh you know hogwarts and uh batman uh What's it called? Gotham Knights. Both of them already delayed. Definitely are not going to be the last delays we see this year. Um, So it's like it's it's kind of shitty right now to you know be excited uh, for for these new games that we're probably not going to be able to get for a long time. And on top of that, a lot of people don't have their hands on PS5s that want them. Um, I'm not really sure the status of the Xbox Series X. I haven't seen too much flurry of demand for that chat if i'm wrong about that or let me know if in yeah i think they're still they're still tough to get your hands on but i think you you hear about it less because i think the ps5 is just more in demand from the audiences yeah but it's you know it's it's unfortunate any way you cut it on top of that just i'm a tech fan i like new tech and i like getting new iphones i like getting the new things and this is going to affect tech as a whole across the board this is going to affect you know the advancements in tech because if people don't get their hands on one version they're not working on the next version (laughs) you know what i mean because like there's that whole cycle that is built into things like i want to see tvs i want to see 120 inch oled be affordable and made as i at a normal level for people in the next 15 years is that going to happen if with these type of setbacks i don't know but that's why um, i'm really bummed about this yeah, as well too that th- this is one of those one of those uh, domino effects that that I think toward the beginning of the pandemic you like you this is this would have been a difficult thing to predict because you would have imagined that the reason why shit would have been 
difficult to come to um or why why supply for something like chips would be difficult to come around would be because people are working from home therefore manufacturing would be the issue but the issue is people are so uh people are looking for entertainment people are looking to get their hands on this shit people are looking for for games people are looking for TVs and computers and all this stuff and it is the actual demand and increase in interest that is driving this stuff down which means that by the time things level out and these companies and the, the the manufacturing actually catches up in a few years like you know the the i mean you're gonna still you're gonna still have the effects of what this year has done in terms of demand and all that stuff but in a few years you're gonna see a lot more interest interest just across the board uh in in, in terms of the increased interest in video games and technology and all this stuff which is an interesting thing it's an interesting side effect of all this yeah for sure before we get into story number five tim I want to tell you about our sponsor, of course. You can go to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames where you can get the show ad-free. And speaking of ads, this episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily is brought to you by DoorDash. Did you forget that one last thing at the store? Now you can get snacks, drinks, and household essentials in 30 minutes with DoorDash. DoorDash connects you with restaurants you love right now and right to your door. And now you can get the grocery essentials you need with DoorDash, too. Get drinks, snacks, and other household items delivered in under an hour. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want from where you want, and your items will be left safely outside your door with the contactless delivery drop-off setting. With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Australia, and now Canada, you can support your neighborhood go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Popeye's, Chipotle, and Cheesecake Factory. For a limited time, our listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code GAMES2021. For our Canadian listeners, use code GAMESCA. That's 25% off, up to $10 in value, and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code GAMES2021 in the U.S. and GAMESCA in Canada. Don't forget, that's code GAMES2021 or GAMESCA for 25% off your first order with DoorDash. Subject to change, terms apply. We're also brought to you by Gabby. We're all looking for ways to save money, right? Especially now. So let me ask you this. How would you like to keep an extra $961 a year in your pocket? That's how much Gabby customers save per year on average on car and home insurance. That's why when shopping for insurance, you should use Gabby. This is the time of the year we go shopping for insurance. Well, Gabby takes the pain out of shopping for insurance by giving you an apples-to-apples comparison of your current coverage with 40 of the top insurance providers like Progressive, Nationwide, and Travelers. Just link your current insurance account, and in just minutes, you'll be able to see quotes for the exact same coverage you currently have. Gabby customers save $961 per year on average. I bet that'd be nice to have in your pocket every year. If they can't find you savings like they did for plenty of people, they'll they'll let you know so you can relax knowing you have the best rate out there. And they'll never sell your info, so no annoying spam or robocalls. I hate them robocalls, so I'm glad they mm. don't do that. You're probably overpaying on car and home insurance. See how much Gabby can save you. It's totally free to check, and there's no obligation. Go to Gabby.com slash GamesDaily. That is G-A-B-I dot com slash GamesDaily. Gabby com slash games daily and before we move on bless i do have mm. one more ad that i need to read this one's a special one 
actually. Uh, Kev, if you can, yeah, thank you very much. Uh, our boys over at Game Attack are killing the game right now. They are doing this thing called March to the Top. And a couple weeks ago on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games, during one of our streams, we partnered with them, did a fun little sub battle. And uh, one of the things was we are going to do an ad read for them every day this week in kind of funny games daily to promote the awesome work that they're doing. And it goes a little something like this. This comes from our boy, Sean Bolin at Game Attack. If you best friends didn't know, our friends at Game Attack are trying the impossible to become the most sub two streamers on all of Twitch, if not for just one month. March to the Top is their attempt to prove to the world that a quality audience is just as incredible as a gigantic audience. The kind of funny best friends know this well. Uh, so far, Game Attack, with only 30,000 followers, has more subs than Dr. Lupo, Lyric, Pokimane, and Mizvik sitting in the top 19 sub two channels on all of Twitch. Today, they are featured on the front page of Twitch, and for every 10 subs they receive, Sean Bullen will be forced to get another Korok Seed in Breath of the Wild. If you want to force a man dressed as Link to 100% Korok Seed some Zelda, head over to twitch.tv slash game attack and support your boys when the show is over make show make sure to say kind of funny sent me to be worshipped like a god g1s love to see their best friends in the chat so yeah go check it out twitch.tv slash game attack say kind of funny sent me uh show them some love i can't believe it man when they started i think that they, they were at like they were in the hundreds <laughs> and they are now the 19th most sub two channel on all of twitch uh, unbelievable that's crazy. Tim, yes, I, I believe their their G ones are now called Greg Millers. I, I believe they are also because you're right. Greg you're Millers. right because because we won that game for this entire month. They have to call the fan base the Greg Millers, and that is unfortunate for anyone. Uh, but again, Twitch.tv slash Game Attack. Let's get them to number one, baby. March the top. Get them to number one. That is an awesome thing for, mm -hmm. for to have brilliant. to get the get the one. The sub battle is brilliant, but then also the Korok seed thing. I think is hilarious. It's an awesome thing. So good. Tim, let's talk about story number five. Fallout 76 has announced their 2021 roadmap. This is from Ethan Gotch at Kotaku. Fallout 76 needs some new content, and based on today's roadmap, players will have to wait until summer to get it. While new gameplay features and continued quality of life improvements are planned throughout the rest of the year, new story quests aren't coming to Fallout 76 until closer to July at the earliest, based on the game's newly revealed 2021 roadmap. Here's a loose, here's a loose overview of what's coming ahead. In spring, we're getting special loadouts, camp slots, mannequins, daily ops expansions, uh, or daily ops expansion, crafting sliders, aim assist on console. In the summer, you're getting steel rain quests, uh, expanded legendary crafting, unlimited seasonal ranks, uh, and then in fall, you're getting changes to private servers, and then da another daily ops expansion, and then in winter, you're getting more four-star legendary gear a new seasonal event uh, about cults alien-based public events and then campsite pets go get them if you're into fall 76 i'm happy for you this sounds like some cool stuff do you uh, good on them for not giving up good on them for oh, hey yeah. here's a roadmap with some stuff that that sounds substantial to the the users that are actually playing the game and consuming it and not just talking shit about a thing that they don't like yeah that's the thing that i respect about fall 76 is that they they, they keep they keep updating it they keep giving it content and they keep being very uh communicative about it i got the email in this morning of the of the roadmap laid out and it was like a pleasant surprise i was like oh shit i forgot <laughs> that this game was still going i forgot that this this is still a thing but they're still they're still trying and from we from at least what i've been able to see from the roadmap and the changes they're making the, they're making the changes that people want like obviously it'd be better if they're able to get more actual story content in there sooner and more consistently but it seems like they're building something and and now that 
now that Bethesda is under Microsoft as a as an umbrella, you imagine that with Game Pass and what they can do with that, that they have more of a cushion to be like, cool, let's continue building this out. Let's continue building this better. Uh, let's continue making this better. And when we get the game to where it needs to be, boom, let's go hard and let's get it. Let's give it all the insane story content that we can get in there so that people see it over the horizon and be like, oh, what's happening over there? And then they come through uh, and get hooked on it. And so I hope to see Fallout 76 continue to build and get better because I'll love for that game to be amazing and for me to get into it because I love me some Fallout. Mm -hmm. Story number six, Valve blocks Super Seducer 3 from Steam. This is Matthew Handrahan at GamesIndustry.biz. Valve has refused to sell Super Seducer 3, a full motion video game in which players are tasked with picking up women. Speaking on Twitter over the weekend, series creator Richard LaRuina said that Valve has banned Super Seducer 3 from Steam. Quote, our page is gone and 60, 61,700 wish lists are gone, he said. Prior to this, Valve told me to expect either approval or feedback. We repeatedly said we'd do whatever they needed, end quote. La Ruina also included screenshots of an apparent conversation with Valve, which suggests the decision was taken after a series of product resubmissions and product reviews. Quote, as we have mentioned previously, Steam does not ship sexually explicit images of real people, Valve said. The firm emphasized, emphasized that the inability to find common ground after multiple attempts had led to an impasse between the two parties. As such, Valve said this decision is final. La Ruina has encountered similar issues in the past. In March 2018, Super Seducer was blocked from sale on PS4, six months after Kickstarter had suspended its crowdfunding campaign. And Valve has taken a stance, uh, and Valve has taken a stance on games featuring sexual content on multiple occasions. As far back as September 2012, when No Reply Games Seduce Me was removed from Steam Greenlight, up to issuing warnings on multiple visual novels in 2018. I remember. When Super Seducer 2 was coming out and, the, and, the, and this was an issue, I don't think it got taken down, but I remember people being like, what the fuck is this game? Like, this seems skeezy. This seems weird. Um, Tim, is this is this one you got thoughts on? Uh, I mean, it's good shit. You know, it's like we got to look at this stuff and like that. It's a complicated landscape out there. But at the end of the day, it's like there's there's just some things that people know what they're doing. You know, you know yeah. what you're you're trying to get done, and it's just like it turns into this whole political conversation of like ideologies, and it's like it's not about that. We all know what it's actually about, and I think that you know these things are going to continue to happen, and the the world is changing, and the honestly the world's not changing. It's more the world is starting to see itself uh, the way that it should have been looking at itself for a, a very long time, and people need to speak up on this type of thing, and and I think it's. It's it's going to get difficult for certain people, but in some cases, that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah, and my thing too is that Steam is a is a private platform, right? Like they have the right to manage what is and what isn't on their platform and do quality assurance in that way. Um, and so, like you know, my 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 line for this is that hey, if the game if the game is skeezy, if the game is portraying groups of people in a certain way. If the game if the game is being gross about women all this all that stuff then like yeah get it out of there I understand why you wouldn't want that on on the platform I'm very much for like if you want if you want to make games that you know portray like freedom of sexuality if you want to if you want to get into your your bag about uh, uh, visual novels and all that shit right like you know for the most part like I'm down I'm down for it getting getting that bag but once you cross that line of being skis or being weird or being portraying women a certain way it's like I definitely understand why you would take that off your platform and so go get them I guess mm -hmm. 
Our last news story for the day, story number seven, a Media Molecule studio director is receiving BAFTA's highest honor. This is Jordan Alleman at IGN. Media Molecule studio director Shaban Reddy will receive BAFTA's highest honor, the BAFTA Fellowship during this week's BAFTA Games Award. Reddy will be honored with the BAFTA Fellowship, an award given to talented individuals to award the creative contribution to the games industry. The award recognizes Reddy's, quote, pioneering work for advocacy and diversity, inclusion, and creative and collaborative working culture, end quote. Reddy joined Media Molecule when the studio was founded in 2006 and was named studio director in 2009. This means she has overseen the launch of every little big planet game, as well as Tearaway, and most recently, Dreams. Congratulations, uh, Shaban. This is an awesome news story. Uh, Media Molecule rad. is one of those stories that uh, is one of those studios that I feel like should get all the love because they've been doing great work over over the last decade since they launched right into the, in I, I guess two thousand six. Yeah, in two thousand six, you know, like Little Big Planet, Tearaway, Dreams have all been these fun, creative, cool games that have been given uh, the backing of PlayStation, and, they, and they've been able to make something that really feels unique, weird, and different. And I've, I've, I've loved seeing their games come out and be their own and, and do their thing over the years. That's the thing, man. I, I, there aren't many developers out there that have such a, a voice and vision to themselves that you just you kind of know what a media molecule game can be. And when you look at the media molecule games they've done so far, they're radically different, but they all feel like media molecule games. Like, you know, right? Like, I bet their next game, if we saw a trailer and we didn't know it was them, we could probably be like, uh, if we had to guess who game. it was, we'd know who it is. Yeah. And like, that's such a, a cool thing. And uh, there are definitely other examples of that out there. But uh, Media Molecule doing a great job pushing the boundaries and, and doing something like honestly different in, in the space. So good for them, man. This is a fantastic news story. Yeah. Tim, I'm very excited to see whatever Media Molecule comes up next, comes up with next. But that's so far away. If mm-hmm. I want to know coming out to Mom and Drop Shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily show host each and every weekday. Kevin, are you going to get that Jollibee chicken sandwich? Have you tried it yet? Oh, man, I haven't. And like, I'm excited. Oh, my God. Because here's the Kevin, thing. You're going to like it. You're going to come I around. I can't imagine liking anything more than the Popeyes. No. And I understand Kevin. you guys are saying it's even. Here's the thing. I'm going to tell you why it's even. It's different, but they're both 10 out of 10 because the Jollibee one has little jalapenos on it. It's very it's, good. It's key and to I the love, taste. And I love the bread. I don't the know bread in the Jollibee gonna, one is, is really good. Do it, I don't know? know what they did to that bread, but it's really good. Also, when you get it with the pineapple juice and the Jollibee fries. Yes. Ooh, oh, oh, my you God. You fucked up there. I don't Super like heat. pineapple. I don't like you pineapple. Don't, oh, you don't, oh, you don't like pineapple. I forgot about that. Does the sandwich How do you have not pineapple like pineapple juice? Or do you get a fucking glass no, the, of pineapple no, juice? No, no, no. You can get a cup of pineapple juice. You can get a that's and that's what, what people for. drink. Jesus yes, Christ. That's what I drink. Whenever I go to Dolly, I get pineapple Christ. juice. Jesus <laughs> Christ. I don't understand how somebody cannot like pineapple. When I was a little kid, I got really? emotionally scarred. Yeah, pineapple is like the most like, I don't know. I just explained enjoyable. You know. <laughs> it's but, juicy, sweet, fucking if you tasty, eat too much has pineapple. a tropical energy to it. If you eat too much pineapple, it cuts Like, I your take tongue. one bite of pineapple, and all of a sudden, I'm just in the sun on the beach, uh, laying back, having a disgusting. good old time. Here's my thing, though, Bless. I enjoy pineapple. I don't love it, mm. but I can see, I can understand people not liking it. It's a pretty extreme taste. 
Like it's loud. Yeah, but it's a good. But, ex- yeah, it is loud. Bless. But it's like also, a good loud. I was emotionally like scarred as a child. Emotionally scarred by go. a pineapple as a child. Go on. By a pineapple, by a specific pineapple. <laughs> Kev, I don't remember the story. What happened? Yes, you do. How do you like? <sighs> I mean, give me, give me, give me a little lead so in here. In, I don't, I don't in preschool, in preschool, they gave us little pineapple mm-hmm. cups, and I ate mm-hmm. mine, and mine cut my tongue. So I associate, you know, if you eat too much pineapple, so you, the acidity will cut your Kevin, tongue. I don't know why I you're laughing. Known you since, I've known Tim, you since you were three years old. I remember so many stories. I remember so many preschool Kevin stories. I remember when it was your birthday. And your mom right. made the four not trains. one, not two, not three, but four cakes. One for mm-hmm. each Ninja Turtle. Yep. And it was fucking awesome. A cake with each Ninja Turtle's face it on it. It was great. Fuck she yeah. did a good job. But no, Kevin, I do not remember the story of when you cut your tongue on a pineapple. I don't remember that. We've was it the outside about of the pineapple? No. The acidity of a pineapple will, will like could cut you. It like stings your tongue, essentially. How sensitive was your tongue? I, <laughs> man, I don't know. Four-year-old Kevin had a pretty sensitive tongue, I guess. I don't know. Are you allergic? Week, no. For a week, it like my tongue was fucked. My tongue was fucked. And that flavor yeah. is associated with being upset and mm, not being okay. able to eat for a week. You can say what the fuck I you want, that. but like they're like when I taste it, I get like anger. Anger fills me. <laughs> out today, we got Vaporum Lockdown for Switch. Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout Season 4 is out now. And then New Days for You, Classified Stories, The Tome of America uh, is out April 8th on Steam. Shin Megami Tensei 3 Nocturne HD Remaster is coming to Nintendo Switch, PS4, and Steam on May 25th, 2021. Lydia... Sobieska joins the Tekken 7 roster on March 23rd. And fun fact, I believe she's the Prime Minister of Poland. Not the real one, but just the in-game Prime Minister of Poland. And that so, is amazing. That, yeah, that's it almost, is an amazing, that's almost amazing better. backstory. That's almost better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jeff Grubb in the chat says, this is the worst supervillain origin story about Kevin and the pineapples. <laughs> say what you will. It is because I, I, in a weird way, really, when Kevin like, got when when you got to the point of like, no, like the week-long pain yeah. associated with the taste it is what really did it has I understand that. That makes sense. It, like, that does really, make complete like, sense to me. It's it's weird sensation to be somewhere and take a bite of something and get mad because you're like, oh, yep, that's just like, it tastes like pineapple. No one fucking, mm. no, everything has pineapple in it. So and much this, has this, pineapple. Goddamn. This is from IGN. Ca- Wait, actually, actually, hold on. You said so much has pineapple. Like what? What has pineapple in it, Kevin? Fucking Pacific Cooler? <laughs> What? What? <laughs> you know what Pacific Cooler is, right? So much, so much, so many things. Anything Plus, says anything Kevin jumps to a Capri Sun flavor. Do we? I'm sorry. Is it weird that I love Capri Sun? Is that weird? <laughs> Fucking hell. Kevin, you've been on a roll this last week. You guys need to watch part two of the Snyder Cut review oh, because shit. Kevin has some moments with a cookie that are just unbelievable. And I, now I want everyone to know cooler. that everyone <laughs> in, in, the, in the live comments that were like, Kevin just needs to go to sleep. I slept the entire weekend for, oh, for most of the weekends. Oh, why am I? Why do I have fucking tears? Uh, yeah. This from IGN. Capcom, Capcom revealed the open beta test dates for uh, Resident Evil Verse. Actually, we talked about this in the story. 
That's coming on PS4, PS4 Pro, Xbox One, Xbox One X, and PC via Steam, starting on April 7th, 2021. Of course, you can go to patreon.com slash games where you can write into the show. You can get us your squad ups, just like V did. Well, this might be seven. It's VII. Uh, they wrote in and said, I'm looking for help with the Chalice Dungeons in Bloodborne. I was, I was making good progress with uh, through New Game Plus and getting that sweet, sweet platinum and trophy. Now these defiled Chalice Dungeons are kicking my butt. If anyone could help out, that'd be great. I'd be happy to work. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Pacific Core. He didn't even say Capri Sun. Like, he just went to a flavor. <laughs> and, and did you know that flavor? As soon as I said it, do you know that flavor? Of course. Of All right. Course. I fucking nailed it. Any, any fruit juice that's a combination of shit is going to have pineapple in it. It sucks. Like, I'm relegated to only drink orange juice, basically. Maybe mango. <laughs> I've never I'm seen so Blast this hard. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it happened twice. He just broke in the middle. <laughs> I, I tried so hard to fucking hold it. If anyone can help out, that'd be great. I'd be happy to work through the previous Chalice Dungeons if, any, if anybody is also working on this Platinum. I'm usually around after 5 p.m. Pacific time. If you want to play with V and or 7, uh, you can add them on PlayStation with the username V's underscore life. That is V-I-I-S underscore L-I-F-E. That's on PS4 and PS5. Real now quick, it's time for to, time the, to the dude What's in up? the chat saying apple juice and cranberry juice are options. I'm fucking Latin, all right? I'm a tropical boy. I wasn't made to drink apple juice. That's a, that's a good point. I definitely understand that. Uh, now it's time for counterfunding.com slash you're wrong, where you write in a list of what we got wrong as we got it wrong. Uh, Kabobs writes in and says, small addition to the PS3 story. At the moment, PS3 system kernel, system kernel clock currently syncs via the internet and if sony shuts down a specific thing then digital games won't even run i don't know that's one that i might check up on because that seems like a very specific thing that i my mind is too discombobulated to even like try and think through right now uh let's see here let's see here it's not a you're wrong we covered that and then Tom says, important pineapple news. Uh, pineapple contains brom- bromelain, a mixture of two protein-digesting enzy- enzymes called pro- proteases, uh, a corrosive chemical that breaks down amino acids. That's why pineapple is an effective and delicious meat tenderizer. When you eat pineapple, bromelain does this, does this same protein degradation on your mouth, which is what happened with Kevin and the pineapple. <laughs> yep. Yep, it's upsetting. This week's this week's host for Kind of Funny Games Daily looked like this. Tomorrow, you're getting Greg and Gary Witta. On Wednesday, you're getting me and Janet Garcia. On Thursday, it's Tim and Tam for Tim TM Thursday. And on Friday, it's me and the homie Khalif Adams from Spawn Ooh. on Me. So look what forward to that. What a lineup, man. We're killing it on Games Daily recently. This is Dude, awesome. Games Daily is very exciting. I'm looking forward to this week. After this, if you're watching live, is Snowbike Mike, Nick, and Andy playing what, Kevin? Uh, Warzone. The Warzone. Some of that Warzone. Of course, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily, each and every weekday live right here on twitch.tv slash games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash games. So stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, Game Daily. Bless you. Want me to tell you why I hate olives? <laughs>